In today's episode of Strike Gold, Roy interviews me about creative and how to utilize it correctly in your company. He said it was interesting. You're listening to Strike Gold with Jonathan Kahn and Roy Provarchik. Hey, Roy. Hey, Jonathan. You're back. I'm back. <laughs> it makes me feel and like I was gone. dead. Oh, you're back. I was dead. Uh, I want to point out something before we even start. I want to just say that the last couple of episodes we've had with interviewing different people have been amazing. Like, I've, I've learned yeah, a lot. you think your own show is amazing? No, no. I, no, before I was like, this show sucks. But then I was like, no, you know what? Now it's amazing. No, I find myself quoting the stuff that we learn from some of the people that we're talking to to, like, different people. I want to... Ask Jonathan some questions. It's so weird being under the spotlight. Well, uh, you can just move your chair a little bit. Yeah, now. okay. Okay. That's <laughs> nicer. So, um, so basically, here's what I... It's <laughs> like one answer. Do you remember where did you put that? No, just kidding. <laughs> so, in this episode, uh, I actually just want to ask Jonathan a few things because I've been working with um, different freelancers, different, uh, you know, different companies, you know, with my clients and by myself. And there's one thing that I always feel is, is like never goes well enough. And when we met today to record the podcast, I just told Jonathan, this is like what I would really want to know, because this is where I feel where everybody fucks up. And once we have this conversation, you like you as a company, not like Jonathan, you, the listener or me would never fuck that up again. So, I feel, Jonathan, that most companies and project managers don't know how to work with creatives in a way that is actually um, that is actually productive for the company in terms of like the the process and getting the right results. Okay, so he, like here's my experience, and then like uh, like and then and then we'll go into what I like. Yeah, the, I get it. So my experience is that you go into a room. Creatives is actually either like a real creative team, which are usually so focused on them being artists that they kind of don't think about the brand, or they just are so frustrated that we don't get to do all the cool things we want to do without even thinking how their creative fits into the strategy. Uh, everybody else in the company always looks at them as like, the, oh, they're like the crazy bunch, but they never take them seriously enough when it comes to the campaigns. It's like they come up... Find something cool that will grab attention. Yeah. And, and it's like they bring in a lot of ideas. Nobody knows how to measure these ideas or how to do a process where it makes sure you choose the right one. Um, so this is kind of the curse of the creativity thing. Like you get to have this talent that makes you one of these like people that you have the opportunity to be, you know, Van Gogh or, or something like that and do something really amazing. And then you, you end up being the person in a high-tech company that everyone goes, oh, that's the wild guy. We'll go ask him when we need something wild. Uh, <laughs> Um, but it's okay. So I, I don't really talk about what I do too much on the podcast and I, I have a background in marketing and I worked with, I work with different marketing departments and, and stuff, but I, but what I actually do is creative and it's kind of like, again, it's a curse because you, so wait, you, let's, let's start with what one, does that mean? Wait, yeah, exactly. So let's start with this. What are the responsibilities, areas of responsibilities? What's deliverables, uh, 
somebody should expect from a creative. When you bring in a creative, well, what do you actually bring? I think to your I think we need to define what a creative is because a lot of companies have it for anything. So right. a creative could be a, a, a studio where they're designers, or a creative could be a content writer, or it could be uh, it could be a whole bunch of different things. But um, I think that I, and by the way, not uh, also I work with creatives, I work with designers and stuff like that. But I but as, part of what you just said, which I found was interesting, was you said like. You know, they kind of want to go do their own thing, and 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 you kind of wanted to have a purpose because we need to execute some sort of thing. Um, and it's 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 cool that a lot of the times I I'm going to use a freelance designer for a project. I actually ask to see his work, but not only the work that he's done and he wants to show me in his portfolio, but stuff he did in school. In school, I want to see what he did in school. I want to see what he likes doing for fun because, and I was saying this to you before. I went to this huge design convention recently. And they were speaking about how these agencies, the ones that focus on doing projects for themselves, end up getting massive clients based on those projects. So they'll do something that they wanted to do with 3D effects or whatever, and they'll do this video, they'll put it out to the world, and then Nike will approach them and say, make that for me. Right. So that's the same way that I kind of look at what projects when I'm working with designers. I say, okay, I want to see what you do. Then I understand what he likes to do. And I'm not going to shove him into a corner of something he doesn't want right. to do so that the execution comes out to the highest level and he enjoys it too. Right, which is interesting because, like, for us, we just uh, hired a bunch of new uh, designers to work with for Stardom and, and for myself. And basically, when you, when you ask to see what they've done, you get, like, tons of different things. But you see it and you have to ask yourself, like, what was the brief? Yeah. What, what, like, was the what, client a piece of shit? Was he good? What yeah. Was the, yeah, that's, I, it took me a year to make my own portfolio when I was a, do, a designer. It took me a year because everything I made, I hated. Right. Because what I really made was great, great stuff, but then I had horrible clients. Right. And it's really a balance between the both. You need to build up enough of a name that when you make something, they trust you enough to let it to let right. it go. So, yeah. So, when you take that all away, you get out of the – you take that away when you go, show me what you did as a student. Show me what you did when you had a, a brief, but the execution of the design, the style was based on you. Right. Right? And then I can really get an understanding and I can help move forward with that. Yeah, and then, and then like the, the rest of the work you do together, so like you, he'll be amplifying you and you'll be amplifying him in terms yeah. of like you're going to use his best features is he knows how to leverage your best uh, features I find versus you fighting against each other where he wants to do this and you're like, no, but we're a company that does this. And then he can't really be creative. He's just basically doing guesswork with what will help you be happy. So, so being a creative person, I very much understand that and any any creative person, any artist that says right now that guidelines and rules and structure it, it kills creativity, they have no idea what they're talking about. It's it's that that makes you kind of have to swerve and come up with a creative solution to come out with something. So when I'm playing the role of of uh, I'm hiring a designer and I'm I'm the one in charge of the project, it's my job to define the rules for them and say no, this is not going to fly. This is going to fly. This won't work for the client. This will work for the client. And let them kind of work out the creative thing. And I get to, because I'm creative, I get to do that process also with them, which is fun. Um, well, fun for me. But, uh, but it's, it's building that structure that allows them to kind of create really fantastic stuff. Um, I think that a lot of people actually come up to briefs and they're like, oh, I'm just going to give them the freedom. And no, no, we don't want the freedom. We want to have structure. The freedom is in how how the art is created, how the, the, the style. And you can go back and say, this is, this is the rules of the brand. 
but you kind of want to push it just a little bit. You always want to get a little bit more edgy. So wait, I, I, want, I want to take you one step before, just so okay. we, like we have. Yeah, a, we kind of j- jumped into that yeah. like, thing. So yeah. like, okay, so what are the things you need? So what are the things you do you need to take into consideration when when working with a creative? To when get, when hiring a creative, first of all, you start defining what a creative is. So let's finish that for a second. Okay. So so I'm my so, thing. My biggest problem is that. I'm, and I was just, uh, actually this, uh, I, I really considered an amazing compliment when someone, some, someone tries to define what I am because I, it's very hard for me. Um, and, uh, and I was just defined as, uh, he said, the person defined me is by saying a lot of people are, do something and are creative and Jonathan is creative and he can do things like it was the opposite. His core is that he's creative and he can do all kinds of different things. And the truth is that that's what I've always experienced in my life, where if I was given a camera, my photos were super creative and I got into magazines. I was given a spray can. I went and I did graffiti and, and street art. I was given paintbrush. I did paintings. I've done all kinds of different things, and like, again, graphic design and all these different things. All, whatever the tool is, I'll come up with a creative way to use it or, or create something. And um, Would you say creative is, is more of the ideation and, and uh, how you think? Versus saying when you hire a designer uh, or a videographer who is more of a, he does video, he does design, and he might be creative while doing that, but he is like a, let's say, let's say that creative comes up with the idea, not necessarily the execution, versus like a designer who is like execution that might be creative, but he's the execution person for design, videographer. Yeah, there are execution. a lot of designers who are not creative. There right. are a lot of designers who are... Uh, so, so when you hire creative, you're, like you're more than what you're looking maybe for the, ex- the... How do you design as a creative? You're thinking about what are your ideas? For me, the creative process is before I ever come to a computer as a designer. Like, right. uh, again, okay. I'm, I'm not a designer. It's yeah. always the piece of paper, the discussion, the, the, the thing that, that... That's the creative. And that's kind of what I, I left design... Because of that, because I could use Illustrator, I could use Photoshop, I could use all these different platforms to create stuff, but I was so much better at the first process. And again, I, I was good at school. I, 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 had, I, I finished, I was one of the top of my class. Um, but, but it was way more fun to do that creative and build it with the person and kind of, uh, he was defining the rules. And that's what you really got to do when you're sitting in front of a client. You, you have to pull out the rules from them. They're kind of just go create something that's going to make me money. You right. know, I, there's a lot of people. <laughs> I'm thinking of someone specific in my in my head right now who just goes, you know, how am I making money? Show me money, money, money. And it's not about that in that in that stage. It's show. It's you give me the purpose that you believe will achieve money. Right. And then I have to get to that. I like what what is the purpose of this creative? What is it going to do? What's going to be the driver that's going to make you money? And I have to find the way to create that. Okay. Um. So so I want to ask. Uh, what type of companies do you think... So, basically, most companies start from hiring a designer, right? The young companies or upcoming companies, when they don't have a lot of budget yet. So, they usually have a designer who can execute on ads, build a website, build do ad, but they, banners, it's, whatever. It's mostly execute. Right. And, execute. and then, like, the marketer usually is the... I'm, I'm doing air quotes, the creative, because they're not being creative... He's trying to reach like a good marketing message versus, you know what I mean? He's trying, he, like he needs to think about the copy, but it's the same way as being a designer saying be creative. The marketer, the marketer in, in my head, okay, so because I have the background in marketing, so what that's the difference a little bit between when I'm going and approaching a script or I'm approaching anything, I kind of have that marketer in the back of my head. So I go, he's the guy defining the rules. Right. He's the one who defines the brief. He's the one who does that. Yes, he can go up and come up with the messaging. 
but mostly he's defining the rules of what's going to happen. He comes up and says, okay, I see that this helps convert and this is what's going to make it happen. You have to do something within that line so, right. and go and come up with something creative that's going to shock the world and make a difference. That's, would you say early stage companies doing their first, I don't know, media campaign, right? Like Facebook ads, Google, okay. whatever. Um, don't have a lot of budget, maybe before round A. Should they go and spend money on a creative at that stage and bring somebody as a cons- creative consultant? Or should they just like do like give the marketer and the designer to do the work, for example? I think that in it's the very, beginning... It's very granular. No, right? so, so in the beginning, you're, you're a small company and you're just going to try to, you know, you just gotta, you're just wiggling your way within the market at this point. Yeah. So you got to start by creating the basic marketing materials, whatever you can kind of get out there. And you're not really, you're not really ready to break through okay. the market. If you are a company who, who a lot of your, your strategy is based on breaking through the market with some sort of design and style and thing, then, yeah, you need to take a, a creative consultant so or someone. scale? When you want to scale your marketing? Because when I think, it scales I think when, it, when you want to put a lot of money into what you're doing and you get the ads and, like, huge campaigns... I don't know if it has to be scale. I've, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a firm believer in, in the fact that you can do amazing things with hardly any budget. You can even do it for free. I mean, one of the one of the first things that I, the first time I ever got approached by Facebook was because I did a, a really, really, really dirt cheap um, ad w- uh, for, for Facebook for Move It. And it was like, they were like, listen, we have no budget. We're going to give you some money to write a script and come up with a concept. And then we're going we're gonna to film it in our office and edit it on our own. I was like, okay, well... So I built a, the creative structure for it, and I, I said to them, listen, this is how we have to advertise on Facebook. This is how we're going to make it an impact, and then we did it. So I believe that you can do it with a very, very low budget. Um, but I think it's more about, like... Yeah, but what was their media budget in pushing it out? I don't, I don't really know, but I do know... Well, it wasn't very high because they were only aiming in Israel. They were just starting the carpooling app. Yeah. They wanted to test that out in the, locally. Okay. And then they wanted to, like, you know, see how it go. Like, and they had, like, amazing conversion. It was the best converting ad they had. Okay. Uh, and then someone from Facebook contacted me and said, hey, you want more people? We want people to advertise on Facebook and have it work, too. Um, I think that it, I, I really think it has to do with the strategy. I think it would, if, you're, if you're strategizing that what's going to really make this is, is having a really creative perspective on the idea. Like, we were talking about that initiative queue at one point, right? right. So that... That plan, the, the, whole, the whole base of that company is we're going to make a new currency. Everyone's doing that. That's not in any way unique. We're going to do it with this creative idea of, of doing friend, bring, friend. That was awesome. That was what really made it unique. If you have a company that's going to build the same thing that everyone else is building, but you have some sort of plan or strategy to, to, to do it in a unique, creative way, then, yeah, you should try to, you should try to get uh, – I'm not even saying – again, if you're in the beginning, I don't know if you can get afford a creative consultant or what kind of deal you end up doing there. But you should get as many creative people, friends around you as possible and have them start pitching right. ideas. And then you, you take those ideas and you think which ones are actually achievable. And this is, again, something I learned from working in a startup for a couple of months, like somewhere in between <laughs> all the jobs I had. Um, there was the, – so they wrote a chart of, like, all the ideas, and then you mark – like how much money, like the, from one to five, which one would cost the most amount of money to do, which one would take the most amount of time to do, the most amount of uh, resources and whatever, and then you kind of get an understanding of what's worth doing right now. Um, yeah, that's we, how we prioritize projects. Yeah, ever, I think, the, I think that's it's like a no thing. Like there's, there's like a few ways, like the ice, 
uh, method with like impact. Uh, Again, I, I, didn't, I just like, I just don't know. No, it's great. It's great that there's like names for it. It's great. No, it's People, like, it's, but it's a it. different topic. Let's not. No, no, but that's how that's how you should prioritize creative right. in some way. You know, my brother turned to me. My brother's like the smart. He's actually super creative, but as as a child, he was decided that he's the smart one and I'm the creative one. Um, and he works in Deloitte. And he started, turned to me and he was like, he, he like I feel like to, as a grown up it was like still made the same decision he's like the smart one yeah that, that's what it's like it worked out that way it's just yeah. not <laughs> no I feel sometimes I'm looking at my kids and like if I'm gonna I'm gonna define you guys right now for the rest of your life yeah. I'm scarring you deep <laughs> the, but like um, yeah like the nice one and the weird one that's yeah weird, that's weird. A, no I call it the girl and the boy and if they ever try to change their sex then they're did screwed. you ever mixed what the call the boy the girl yeah just to see what happens <laughs> just to see uh, I think you would get offended which is not very good but anyways <laughs> um so, so he turned to me one day and he was trying to help me try to structure who I am because again, it's very hard to explain to someone that you're this creative ball of energy. Great, what am I going to do with that? Um, and he was like, "Okay, so you're creative. What are you creative at?" I'm like, "Anything. Just give me the thing." He was like, "Okay, could you be a creative accountant? Could you do creative finance? Could you do this?" And he was trying to like lower the amount of so I could kind of form it better. And at one point, he said to me, "Listen, creative is only valuable if it if it can execute on something. If it can if it can make something happen." And I was like, okay, that's interesting. And I'm not sure if that's 100% true yet. I, like, I haven't gone into a cave no, and I, thought for three I, months. I, no, but I, I think what he was basically saying is, okay, you can be, cre- like, you can be cre- like, creativity is only useful if it's, it's like a beam of laser. If you point it to the right place. Like being, cre- it, there's, a, there's a, when you do, um, when you do branding, then there's this thing called the relevant, uh, uh, irrelevant scale, which you bring an idea and you want to position it somewhere between like, so if it's like super super relevant, sound usually it's like the boring straightforward idea. idea. Okay. It's like uh, Apple using the best phone yet, whatever, which is boring. It's yeah. not interesting. And then there's like a limit you can go. There's like unre like irrelevant, which is, would be like uh, lemonade. Nah, no, I think no. Why do, why would you say lemonade? I think lemonade was. Think they go with everything that like pink is not relevant to to the style of the thing. Uh, or no, uh, so or I no onboarding experience, which is not a, a contract full of paper with people. And no, but but that's disrupting a market. I wouldn't say that's irrelevant. Irrelevant would be like I can't identify with this with this at all. So ah, the, okay. So you're saying it's not irre- irre- like irre- it's the like, one that needs to be cut. I- yeah, irrelevant. Like the other side that the the like let's say that we have like one side is relevant, the other the other. Extremes irrelevant. Irrelevant would be like, a, let's do a f- like a car full of clowns driving through a highway, and like, okay, is there like a if you're a lemon, is like an insurance thing? Is like a like I'm gonna say at the end something like a, when you have that extra rider, whatever. Like, and if you don't have that punch, then it's not creative. It's yeah. just like weird. It's just weird and just exists. right. So yeah. so there's like a limit. So what he was saying is like, sure, you can be creative about anything, but only when I point it into that scale. It makes sense. So that was like because when he said that, my biggest thing was I immediately went to like, okay, what about painting in the museum? No. So what he was saying like, can, can your create can your creativity generate brand awareness? Can your creativity generate yeah, leads? Yeah, I get that. That what he was okay, but no, no, it's um, good. So so so, uh, so let's 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 move along a little bit. So y- when you go into a company, right, and they bring they basically bring you to be a creative. Uh, do they start by saying we want to achieve A, B, C, or I wish? So how do they start? It's usually like, okay, we got you. You're creative. Do something. That's awesome. Yeah, it's in, they're the worst thing. Oh, the worst thing you could say is just do something. It just leaves you spinning in circles. So what? What would you want to? So what? The the number one thing I want is I come in. I would like to. Okay, so first of all, basically what you're going about to say right now, 
uh, like everybody's listening should should basically take what you're saying and then be like, okay, when when I hire creative, when I hire creative, this that's is what that I this do. is this is the optimal way to work with. So, the, I know this is going to sound shitty, and maybe this is less the creative, but more the marketing. Actually, no, I think it's both. I want to have a real discussion as my first my first discussion. about what. So, what does that mean? I want to know what's not working, what's working. I want I want the dirty laundry on the table. I want it all in front of me right now because I think it's such a waste of time for you to hide it as if we're on our first date and you don't want me to know what's going on. I need to know everything so that I can find the solution. I know, I need to know where the holes are. I need to know where the mistakes are. I need to know where we're bleeding. I need to know everything that's happening. So you, you don't want somebody coming and say, we need more leads. You want, some, you want somebody to say, this is my company. Take a look if around. If someone said, brought me in and said, so again, it's different different types of clients. But if someone brought me in and said, "I want more leads," I want them to turn around and say, "Why it's not working, or what, right. or okay. where they fucked up." Like I want to know what ad just destroyed your whole thing. I want to know what's not working, what's not good. That's, and and I know that that's that. Like someone actually told me, "No, you need to find out what's working." And I'm like, "No, I I kind of need to know everything." Right. I need to know what's not working. Then I need to see what is working. Then I can kind of get to some sort of conclusion in my head. That's like a baseline. You see, like, okay, now I know this did not work with the people you're talking to. This did work with the people you're talking to. This didn't work because of X. This did work okay. because of Y. So you want to kind of audit. Kinda... You want to have like a goal plus audit when you go in somewhere. Yeah, but this is just for like for that for any any kind of thing. I want to basically yeah. I want to have it all on the table and have all the stuff in front of me. And then from that point on, this now starts to define the structure for me, the rules, the the lines. I I, I often tell people. That when I'm doing creative, when someone says, oh, I need a creative idea, I need this, this, and they look a little panicked because they think it's going to be so hard to come up with, I turn around and go, don't worry, I love this game. And they're like, what? Like, I, maybe yeah. they don't really help calm them down by calling it a game. But for me, it is a game. There are rules, and you can go right up to the line of that rule. As long as you don't go over it, you, you can push it, right. you can kind of play with it. And that's where you have all the fun in between those boundaries. So I'm building the boundaries by understanding what worked, didn't work, and I can kind of start moving from there. Um, what ma- what makes a creative discussion um, not useful? Like you go into a room, there's usually probably like four or five people. Like they're usually like either VP marketing or CEO, maybe both. There's usually some poor suckers from the marketing team who who were called in. Yeah, called in the meeting. Yeah. Sure. Uh, if they have a designer, so he's probably like there's two. He's feeling frustrated because he thought he was creative and he's just like a designer. I, uh, I so think that like the, the okay, so when what you're people doing, would you like, want to have in the room? It's a successful brainstorming. That's kind of what the thing yeah, is. Yeah, what, what, what people would you want to have in the room? And then like what For me, be, being the creative person, I don't necessarily need another creative person in the room. I need people who are going to give me structure. I need someone who's going to collect all the notes and stuff what's happening, like the best, situ- best situation ever was there was this girl at Wix who I love. She's a content writer. And she would come into the meetings and she would be like, she kind of, you know, it's kind of negative to turn around and be like, I'm not creative in any way. But she would sit there and write notes of everything that was kind of uh, being said. It was super valuable. A lot of stuff you just kind of, you're on a roll and you shoot something out there and you go, wait, what did I say a couple minutes ago? You don't remember. So she writes all the notes. That was fantastic. Having the guy who has the structure, even I've been in the meeting, creative meetings where I knew that I was going to have to play the structure and it was annoying to me, but I knew that someone needs to do that. Right. Someone needs to say, okay, guys, we've gotten off the path. Let's go back, right? So usually that would be like the marketing person, the CEO. Whoever's defining the brief, basically. Okay. So whoever can turn around and say that's not going to work here, that's going to work. Okay. Um, do you feel most mar- most people bring you in have the courage 
or the insight to say that. Well, what's going to work, what's not going to work? Yeah. Um, or they're just like, oh, it's okay, it's so fun. Let's do that. I don't know. If they're not saying it, I'm going to pull it out from them because okay. I'll see it on their face. Like, that's kind of the thing. You really, they, they kind of know. There's a lot of situations when I come to a company and, and I'm working as a creative and they don't even know what they want to use me for yet. The number one thing you do is you go and you talk to everyone. Because these people all know most of the answers. Right. And it's just because the the CEO or the CMO or whoever is too scary for them to be able to voice it up or, or they don't feel like they're going to be heard, that, that they're not saying it. So you hear most of the answers immediately. And then I guess there's two parts of being creative. One part that I'm definitely bad at, which is like office politics. You have to be yeah. creative to make these things go. That's why I love the the interview we did with, uh, we did with uh, Yodpo where we kind of, he was talking about the office politics of getting uh, like a whole website made. And I was like, oh, this is oh, so genius, so smart. Right. Now, it might have been super stupid, like anyone could figure out. But it, for me, it was like, wow, that's how you do it. Um, so, so there's that side, which I'm not good at. <laughs> but the other side is just, is just taking those and forming them and saying, okay, now... I also watch a lot of things online. I watch that. So the, being creative is not only just to be a, you know, you got to kind of predict a trend. Mm-hmm. You know, you, a lot of people come out with a product and it, and it just missed it by a year. They would have came one year after. They would have been the, the biggest thing. There's a lot of amazing stories. I think right. it's called uh, Idea Labs or something like that. There's this company. It was amazing. They did all these different companies. They did research that showed uh, it's not about the creative. It's not about the execution. It's not about this. It's like for a successful company, it's about timing. Right. And it's really weird because I always hate that a lot of people turn around. They're like, uh, they belittle the whole creative experience. They turn around and say, "An idea is a dime a dozen." Yeah, but a really good one is not a dime a dozen. Right. One that you go, "Oh my god, this is going to change the world," is not a dime a dozen. Execution, super duper important. It is. I agree. It's super important. An idea doesn't get off the doesn't get off the, the your mind or off the table unless someone is willing to go push it right. forward. I also believe that a lot of people need to know that um, you could be a creative content writer, you could be a creative person, but some people are just creative and they're meant to be focused and used. Like for me, the number one and every company and every person who's ever worked with me says the number one thing that would make you amazing is having a project manager who just does the shit, who pushes it yeah. forward in a company. Because I'm sitting there and I. I had people, ah, I had people approach me in the off event, people, designers, who were like, I would like to move into a more creative position, a uh, art director or higher, or even creative director. And they're like, but, but something stops me from, from really coming up with those crazy ideas. And I said to him, you know what it is? The fact that you need to execute it. Right. So then he's like, you're right. You're right. A lot of the times I think to myself, wow, that's an amazing idea. But then I think wait, I'm going to have to execute this amazing idea. And I lower it and lower it and lower it or I just throw it away. Right. So I said, like, a lot of the times you just need to have, I, I fool myself into thinking I'm not going to execute this. And then I try to come up with the craziest idea. And then I do, I have this South African friend who worked with me on my first uh, freelance project that we did for design school. And he turned around and he was like, what should we do? What would be the coolest thing we could do? And I was like, this is the coolest thing we could do. And he's like, okay, great. What if we had no money? And I was like, I guess we could do this and we can hand cut it or do something like this. We could do the cutting. And he's like, okay, what if we have no time? And I was like, I guess we could do this and this and this. And the, and the idea was still, it was still really good in the end. It still executed really well. We did it for a client. The client wanted to write, it, write us letters of recommendation. They were so happy. It was a fantastic project. But 
you know, we we had the big idea. I believe that like, you have to go with the big idea first, and then you can lower it. Mm-hmm. But if you start with the low, right. you're never going to get there. So, um, yeah. So a lot of this execution thing. Uh, so wait, is let's do back and then we go back. Yeah. So then, what's right. the constructive or or a good brainstorming session versus what are the things that makes the creative brainstorm session be bad? So again, so you have the person who's collecting the information. You have another person who's building the structure. And I guess if you're going to bring anyone else to the meeting, um, who who it needs to be people who can just talk and not be afraid. Okay, just like be super open. Yeah, I know. It's people who are not afraid and are not, they're not, um, I guess, like, I don't know how to define this. Like, you, you and me and stuff. We're, yeah. we're business. We don't have time. We have to move anything forward. So a lot of people... Well, we're basically just, we're, we're, we're like... The execution people. we got to execute stuff yeah, fast. Yeah, and also, like, we are not afraid that our boss would be angry at us or that somebody in the company five months from now would say, oh, you're the guy who said this about Exactly. Us. So so it's the people who sit in the room and they're not, they're not, uh, you can you can talk to them, you can say things, you, you're not afraid to make mistakes, and there's no one there who's going, like, if you went off path mm-hmm. for a second, or if you made a joke. Do you know how many jokes are amazing creatives? Of course. Like, you watch Rick and Morty, for example, you watch one of these animated shows, or and you watch a skit. Do you know how funny, I could take any of these skits and put them in a commercial for any, pretty much any product, and it would kill, it would be amazing. So the, even the, the people who can just, like, let the funny and the creative kind of go out, those are the kind Is, of people that are you there, need Are to there any meeting. things that, or, or any tactics that you saw managers or different employees using to make the people in the room feel comfortable to talk about these things versus being afraid? I, 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 this is weird because it's, I never seen it as an adult. I saw it as a kid. Uh, my dad used to do these workshops with like, uh, I, I don't know if you know the whiz. It was like yeah. the big radio so like story of all your, your products and stuff from there, like uh, disc mans or whatever. And my dad was sitting with all these like corporate people and, and, and none of them were very open. And, and he, uh, he used to do this game where he would take this deck full of cards and each card has a different picture on it. And he would mm-hmm. give everyone a, like a couple cards and they had to define a story within the line. Now, when you get this, immediately your feeling is, oh, fuck this. Right. I don't want to do this shit. Um, but then you, you, even if you couldn't figure out one, you you stumble on one while you're doing it. And it kind of breaks down this like feeling that you're, you know, I can't say something stupid because you just did. You just made a story yeah. up out of four cards, one with a lion, a little girl, a baby, and, and a banana. And you need to figure out something, yeah. you know? So like, um, so then you kind of open up and you're a little bit more and you can actually laugh about the experience a little bit. Like, yeah, it brings you together. It forces you to say something that you would usually not say, so you're already out there. Yeah. So then you, just by saying that, knowing knowing that you didn't get killed and, and no one, like, your stock didn't drop by saying something in the room, all of a sudden you got a little bit, like, loose. My dad also did a different technique, which was uh, interesting. Uh, the creative will fire you. No, no, he did, he did this thing where um, he was trying to teach. Well, this has to do a little bit more with PR and, and dealing with stresses, uh, stressful situations, but I've seen photographers do this also. Um, he was trying to teach the Israeli police uh, like people how to deal with PR during a terrorist, uh, like, I don't know, what do you call it? Uh, bombing or something, or right? A terrorist attack. Terrorist attack. So there's a terrorist attack. And there's still stuff going on. People are running in the streets, and the camera comes in front of you and goes, what's going on? What do you have to say? And how do you deal with that? 
So, like, he brought people in, and he had the guy come, one of the people was like, oh, I can deal with it, and he said, brought him up to the stage, and he said, let me ask you some questions, he asked him some questions, and then he asked me, by the way, before this, he said, son, do you have fireworks? And I was like, no. And he's like, you're not going to get in trouble, I just need to borrow, I need to take one. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I have a lot. <laughs> and I, like, open a drawer, and I'm like, this is a chaziz, it's like a half a stick of dynamite. And he's like, he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I was like, just light it and just be really far away. Um, so I gave him a firework, and what he did was he he had one of his assistants light the firework and throw it into the like in front of the stage, and then poof, and then he asked the guy immediately the same questions. The guy didn't even know what the hell was going on. Right. He said, "That's what you need to. That's, you know, that's how you deal with it." So oh, I've been to wild. I've been to photographers who do the same thing where they yell, and you're like, "Oh!" And then after you like you have that really big uh, fear, like the, all the chemicals in your brain are basically right. telling you like the oh, okay, okay, like you have this excitement, you feel a little happy or smiling, but you can't control it, you don't know why. And then yeah. they do the photo shoot. So oh, that's, that's there, there is that boom effect that you can kind of do to like get everyone to like Dude, off that's their. That's amazing insight. That's like an amazing both like these ideas. You just want to throw fireworks at people. That's right. like, <laughs> you, so you shoot someone and yeah. then you ask them questions. You ask them it. questions. Yeah, you're bleeding in the leg now. What do you have to say? Um, How do we sell more? <laughs> no, but I've out. seen it as simple as coming into a room and then when everyone sits down, like slamming a book on the table, I'll be like, "No, oh, sorry." <laughs> this yeah. is like throwing people off because you come into these things with a lot of would stuff you do on that? your shoulders. Would you, just, you, would you take I, the responsibility of kind of? Change the atmosphere. I always change the atmosphere in any room I walk into because I yeah, say it is. You're, you're magical. Say, yeah, you're like sense. a unicorn. No, I speak shit. I speak a lot yeah. of shit, and I and I I'm not afraid to make the jokes that are not you're not supposed to make, and I yeah. and I I'm always the funny guy. So I I get everyone to loosen up in some way. Right. So I, I worked in a forex company, and I've never really worked in a company where my the employees around me were pieces of shit. Like everyone was a piece of shit. Um, and and like at Wix, everyone's nice. Everyone's amazing. Everyone's sweet. I went to this forex company and I never really knew that this could happen. There were people just pieces of shit. Like there's a thing in the army called distance where you put the sunglasses yeah. on, no one can see your actual emotions so you can be a robot. Right. People were doing that in the office. They were like, you're at the same level of me. Like, what are you doing this? <laughs> you're the cleaning lady. Yeah, Stop patronizing me. <laughs> Stop teasing me. Uh, <laughs> I'm always crying because of you. Uh, <laughs> you have to clean my tears. Um, no, so... <laughs> I'm just imagining she this. Just, she's wearing sunglasses, making fun of me, no, you know, just, wiping I, the no, tears as I cry. What I'm on the imagining floor. is like you blowing your nose, tissueing, and then throw, putting the tissue in, like, in the trash, and she like takes the carpet, like the, the tissue out and throws no, it back in my she, face. No, no, she, she, and, like you put it in the, in the trash uh, can, and she takes like the bag out, and then you put it in your one, you cry. Through and, you cry yeah, that's that. and she keeps taunting <laughs> you at the same it, time. Yeah. She's just saying, Baby. Yeah. She's like, oh, you're still crying. She's like uh, cunning you and you're like crying and she's cleaning up the tissues. Keep filling this with your sorrows, huh? Right. <laughs> so, um, no, so uh, when I was in this situation, I, I the biggest compliment in the, was in the end of the place when I left, I managed to break down so many of these people right. to a point where they were like crying when I left and gave me hugs. It was like insane. I was so happy. I broke down these people's barriers. And they're like have no souls because they weren't yeah. in Forex. Yeah, so, they, they, so they so. went and then sacrificed to go and they went before. <laughs> right. before. But um, Okay, so wait. What are what are the what, the things that people do badly that actually... Okay, we don't have a lot of time. So um, what are the things that people do badly in a meeting where they that kind of either kills creativity or blocks, like, the good ideas to come from. That's number one. And number two is, um, how do you decide what's a good creative? Okay, so number one, I think it connects to the second one. Never, never kill a creative idea as it comes out. Right. Because when you're in these brainstorming events or whatever you're in, 
it, it's it's a stepping stone for someone else. Right. Your you, you know innovation is is well the the way they explain it is like let's say you take one side of your someone who has one part of the idea and you take another part of an idea put them together and then you create innovation. Right. So these people say something and it could trigger so many different things going on. Um, I think that that's that's like number one. Number two is like uh, there should be there should be structure. But no one should be saying like a definitive no on things mm-hmm. because it's going to waste so much time also. Like when you say, I think this would be a great idea. And then the person, if you didn't, if the guy has bad ideas, he shouldn't be in the meeting. Like if it's not a creative person and right. he's just randomly, I've met people like this. I was in a meeting recently, which is the worst meeting I've ever been in my life. <laughs> he brought some guy who thinks he's the idea guy and he's the worst idea guy ever. And every second he threw out another idea, it was, it was, it was so irrelevant. He shouldn't have been, he was not meant to, he was not meant to be that. He was meant to be a developer. He wasn't meant to be that. He wasn't meant to be the idea guy, but he, he, was he thought he was lady. the idea guy. <laughs> he was the cleaning lady who was angry at me. Um, no, you bring people who you really think are going to do something. Don't bring in people who are creating ideas that are not the types of ideas that you don't want to have. If you have someone who's a good idea, but he's been beaten down by a company, which happens. You're in a company. You've gone through years of watching them beat you down. It's okay to bring him in and have this guy refresh him. And I think one of the things I say, which might be a total dick move, but I think it's really important. I go up to people and I go, listen, they brought me in. I'm external. They're paying me a lot of money. They're going to listen to me. <laughs> I, I hate this. This happened to me many times also. They're going to they're gonna listen to me. They're not going to listen to you because you've been here too long. This is an opportunity. Let's build a creative together and we'll get it yeah. up. And I'm not looking to steal any of the thing. I'll say it was, you know, Brian's right. idea and we kind of like lifted it up and we made it into what it was. <laughs> but you get you get get these people. You, give them you, a little you more can life. empower them. Yeah, you gotta empower them. So you the move, power they, they, they're there. In you. They're, yeah, they're empowered by money. By money. No, but it's really it's such a dick move. That's but it's what happens. It's like you sit there and you don't get. They're like, oh, they take you for granted. Oh, okay, this guy uh, works here. I don't need to listen to him anymore. But you know, anyways. But they get crushed down a lot, and and it, it's okay to bring those people in the meeting. Um, and your other question was was uh, was how do you know what's a good creative? Good creative. Is? Okay. What, what's a good creative is and like how how do you get to a point and say okay this is a good creative this so, is not a good creative. So I had this thing and I'm willing to say this because I kind of hate this guy at Wix. <laughs> the uh, I came with a couple ideas to the creative director for a um, amazing campaign for Father's Day. One was super duper emotional and it connected in the core of what it is to be a father, right? And the other one was freaking hilarious. It was clever and hilarious. And and I came to him and I was like, the clever and the hilarious one is the one that will work. And he said, what makes you think that? I said, because I ran both with as many people in the, in the marketing and the, and the company as I could. I went up and I said, let me tell you these two scripts. And I read one script and I read the other script. And the one that made them laugh, they laughed. They got it. The one with the emotional, only the fathers could really get it. Right. Like other people didn't really, it didn't resonate with them. They understood but you didn't see a tear roll down their face. You just kind of had this moment where they're like, mm, oh, I get okay. that. Yeah. And I was like, okay, no, this literally made people laugh out loud. So this is really going to make a movement with people. And it wasn't only parents. It was only fathers. So the, that means the mom who sees it will send it to the father. So this is a great opportunity. He was like, don't ever ask people uh, their opinions. I was like, no, it was an A-B test. <laughs> That's what I did. I just did an A-B test, which you guys do every day. was not nice. It's okay. It was I, like, yeah, I was being not- a total dick. I was just, <laughs> no, I was like, I... I I, I think that that's the, the best thing. There's a great opportunity but, but, to meet but when people. You're in the room, when you're in the room. How do I know it's a good idea? Yeah. Um, so one thing is or I try to. How 
how would you as a manager or somebody external working with a creative, how would you say, okay, that's a good idea versus that? Like this guy. I think that they should test it in the sense of like going out and f- figuring out with other people. You were in the room. You're not going to be biased. You, you, you but take, as a creative. You take like a few ideas that resonate with you as like the person in charge and you run it out. And you, as, as a person in charge, I would be like, okay, these are the ones I think we can execute with the amount of time that we have, with the budget that we have, okay. and all this stuff, and these are the, and then I'd go off and, and take a certain amount of people and listen to their opinions and hear what they but have how, to say. But how do you think Internally in the meeting, yeah. um, as a creative, <laughs> I guess I'm biased in some way because I want to do the craziest, most amazing campaign ever. I want to revolutionize the market with everything I've done. I don't want to usually just make a little movement. I want right. to really do something that's going to change the world. So sometimes that's that's kind of like doing the opposite of what everyone else is doing. Now, I could do what they're doing and possibly, you know, move into that revenue and, and it'd be great. And I can do the opposite. And that could either do amazing or could be a massive flop. So I think that when I'm trying to define what I think is really going to resonate, it's, it has to do a lot with empathy, right? It has to be with... I really need to understand people around me and understand what makes people move and what makes them think and what makes them laugh and, and smile and cry. And and if you're a creative person who has that, then that's going to be an amazing uh, like asset for you. And then you'll be able to kind of judge that I know if I showed this to this person, this person, this person, this person, they would cry. I know mm-hmm. if I showed it to this person, this person, they would feel the impact. Um, I think it also really has to do with trends. You cannot be a creative person who doesn't know what's going on. Right. I think uh, the, when I started design school, we had everyone in the auditorium. The dean woman walked on stage and she said to everyone, she goes, if you have never smoked, never done something illegal, never stole, never this, leave now. And it was like it was, no one got up. And a lot of these people didn't steal or anything. And I've done most of this stuff. So, <laughs> so I felt very comfortable. So no, but to the first row. I was like. She gets me. Uh, no, but um, I but went was, on stage. We kissed. We kissed. <laughs> we, I was like, "Have you ever kissed the dean on stage?" Um, and, and I think what she was trying to say was, if you've never lived, yeah, you're not going to create creative or design or anything that resonates with people, right? Like because it, everyone else is living, and if you're one of those people who kept yourself in a box, and you're not going to get yeah, it. Yeah, you don't have the range of emotion to even understand. Like, yeah, you're not. You're not. You're not going to be empathetic. You're not going to be. You're not going to understand them. You're not in their sphere. Right. You're not going to be able to convert them to do what you want them right. to do or feel what you want them to feel. Um, so I think that uh, I I always tell people like when when we're talking interview whatever it is sometimes I say like listen I'm watching like I'm I'm online watching everything. I watch over 30 shows at a time. I show them the app that I use, which TV Showtime, amazing app, uh, which basically knows what shows are coming out. I, I'm watching while working. while I'm at 3 in the morning. I'm sitting on my computer, and I'm working on something at the same time as watching something on my computer as the same time as watching something on the TV. Right. You need to be connected into this thing to be able to define what's going to move people now. Okay, so you, you go into the room. You have the creative idea. You agreed on it. What's the next step? with working with a creative? Will they say like, okay, you thought about it, execute this, manage this project, or are they managing, like, or, or would you rather have them like doing project management with your inputs as they do it? I think that... Would you want to be in charge or do you want to be... So that's also a thing. So like, it, it's annoying because I don't want to be in charge. That's not my thing. I want to, I want to be able to help guide it. Mm-hmm. Don't want to be in charge. You know why? Because I'm the best creative you're going to find. Now, I, I'm saying that knowing that Roy Coffrey and a whole bunch of amazing people exist. Right. And my brother actually asked me one time, just to be a douche, he said to me, have you ever worked with someone that you thought was more creative than you? And I was, and it wasn't that I went purposely go, like, like in the company worked with them. And I was like, luckily, no. So I said, like, I, I'm afraid to meet Roy Coffrey because I think he's just so fucking creative. 
Right. I think he's so. I would. I'm. I'm. I'm scared to meet him. In we have a surprise for you. Really no! In the other room. No. Um, <laughs> no. But I. I really think he's super duper creative, and I. I've never worked with him. Um. And I. You know, like I'm even a little afraid to meet him in some way. I don't know what I would do. I'd maybe geek out a little. Um. But. I, but I'm one of the most creative people you're gonna meet. I'm. Do, that's what I do. I'm not the best uh, project manager. I'm not the best designer anymore. I'm not the best content writer. I'm definitely not the best. I'm dyslectic. I'm not, I'm not the best a whole bunch of other things. Don't use me for all the things that you need right. to have done. Use who you want to use, right? right. But, I, but I definitely have more vision than anyone else there because I'm the one who came up with the idea, so I saw it in my head. So right. I saw that when I'm, when I'm script writing for me, also it's hilarious. So I'm working with a person now. I'm writing scripts for them, for their animated videos. They're so in shock by working with me compared to other script writers that they've kind of worked with. Because 20 minutes after we hang up the call, they have the script. Because you already had it. Because I had it in my head. All I needed to do was put it on paper. I had the whole script, the whole video, the, the styles, the, the, the things right. happening, everything in there. So when I see it in my head and I think this is a good enough idea to work, all I need to make sure is the thing that, that they execute comes as close to, to that as possible. And then I also, when I do scripts and I do like uh, presentations of concepts, I use GIFs. And I'm putting... I'm creating gifts from videos and TV shows I watched of a scene that I saw here that wanted that to be the there. emotion. That's because the it's vibe. based off. I've seen it. I've seen that scene, and that's the scene I see in my head when I visualize that scene. I just need to take it, show it to you, and have you see it that's so you so can crazy. get it. That's Actually, so there's an amazing scriptwriter, a production company uh, that did the uh, SodaStream Game of Thrones uh, ads. Yeah. And uh, the guy in charge, um, Giel, basically, he saw a script I did for someone else. Which they destroyed, by the way. The client destroyed the script. But he saw the script and he was like, this is incredible. I was like, why? And he goes, it's amazing. You put visual references for every single scene here. Like, you don't give any room for them to fuck up. Like, you really play it out. And I was like, thanks. And then he keeps calling me to get me for other projects, which is really cool. It's amazing, dude. Man, I think this is the most in-depth conversation we ever had. About yeah, no do. one knows. They just think I'm the funny guy with the deep voice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, Jonathan is actually good at what he does. Yeah. Semi. <laughs> yeah. Uh, dude, I, that, I think we know each other for a few years now. Uh, Actually, the first time I met you was a creative thing also. That was kind of funny. Right. First time I met you, the first thing we spoke about as we sat down at the coffee shop at Dada, I think it was, or yeah. whatever it's called. Sponsored The by. most expensive coffee shop i known to man. <laughs> Anyways, I was like, oh, dude, let me show you how to take care of your headphones. And I was ah, like, let me show you this right. cool trick. And I just... Da, da, no, da, that's da, the and thing you did before we split our ways. Not when we sit down. Oh. No, it was when we sat down because you put your headphones down on the table as you sat down. I was like, dude, let me show you how to... Right. That, you're right. That's true. That was it. And also the way I contacted you was also kind of creative. It was... My wife actually showed me your website way before, like, I ever even thought of speaking to you. She's like, look at this guy. He's so cool. I'm like, not that cool. <laughs> so, and then I was like, I'm not going to talk to him. And then all of a sudden I saw you on, uh, on uh, uh, Snapchat. And I was like, oh, this guy seems pretty cool. So then I called you up and I was like, listen, Roy, you and I look the same. And I love me. So I think I love you. We should meet up. <laughs> and we did. And you said yes, which is even crazier than what I said. <laughs> <laughs> you were like, you know what? I do love me and you look like me too. <laughs> I'd love to spend more time with me. That's what I want. I put mirrors in front of me. I just watch myself. Yeah. <laughs> All day long. That's I don't like. I don't have a wall in my house. It's all mirrors. <laughs> it's just mirrors. It's all mirrors and me being surprised. House of mirrors. 
Yeah, and I just walk around saying, I love the company in this house. And then, I feel so... Everyone here is so, so good-looking. They're <laughs> nice and responsive. And smart. Yeah, and whenever I say hi, they say hi back to me, yeah, right? All At the same us. time, it's like we're synced. Uh, yeah, so yes, you got a glimpse into our friendship, yeah. my personal life, uh, Jonathan's <laughs> creative mirrors. process. You have it all. Uh, so I think this was super valuable because I do think that this is the thing that when people bring in a creative, they kind of usually don't know what they expect at all. They don't even really know what the person does. No, and a lot of them expect everything to be executed. Yeah, and, 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 and they, can ex- so they can expect to sit down with you and be like, okay, ideas, you have those? And you're like, we, we did not say a word yet. Yeah, no. Like, and, and, and usually they'll be like, they have no idea what's going to happen. And they kind of want you to just like bring all the value, the information, and, and no, the, the worst part. The, the worst part. All these things are fine because if you're a good enough creative, you understand to ask questions. But the worst part is when they expect they expect the de- deliverable in their hand. Right. They Which expect you to be a designer versus a creative. You to be the designer, the content writer, right. the thing, the this, this, and 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 to be honest, I can kind of get it. Uh, get into it's never going to be the way it should be. No, it's it's also not really what you do. Yeah. So. Again, I, maybe it's a very Israeli culture because they they just def- they yeah, want it all they, at once. Yeah, it might be. But um, they just want to get yeah, you to do as they many need to understand as that, possible in that, the same retainer. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I've never, like it's weird for me to end the conversation and say like, "Dude, thank you so much for coming." You, like you're, you're thanks. You're no, here it was hard week. to get here. It was, it's windy outside. <laughs> yeah, uh, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Also, like I think the you said in the beginning. I think the interviews are really awesome and I think we're getting a lot of really good feedback on it so if you guys have any recommendation of people you think we should have on the show uh, let us know and, and oh wait we also have to say that like it would be great to have them and, and they would probably be sitting here in this fantastic room at Rise uh, yeah you should really come to Rise yeah it's a beautiful Rise. place it's a co-working space right ha- tech companies I don't know if we've mentioned that before and, and and besides the fact that we turn off the AC in this recording studio while we do this, it's a fantastic place to sit. Right. And I have to quote something that I just saw on the on the cup I'm drinking from. Hashtag home of fintech, man. That's right. What does it say? Hashtag home of fintech. Home of. You kind of sounded like you said homo fintech. Homo fintech. fintech. No, it's home Which of. Which is only gay fintech. Only but gay I get fintech. it. It's home, home of, of homo fintech. So, hey, get, home of fintech. So if you guys are interested in fintech <laughs> and, and you want to see its house, I guess. Yeah. Or, or if you're interested in sitting and considering fintech. Right. Comes consider it at Rise. Right, like Rise is like the Graceland if you love Elvis. Uh, it's like the New Orleans if you like like blues and jazz. Yeah, it's Rise like, is the fintech of, of, of all that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so if you enjoy the show, review, comment, Subscribe. share, tell your parents, tell your kids. Um, Make a blood pack to continuously oh, listening. By the way, I'm going to surprise you with this last thing. Okay, oh my God. All the episodes of Strike Gold from the legendary 001. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Play the, uh, uh, the um, build that funky, uh, build that website. Build that funky, funky website, website, white, white boy. boy. Oh, damn, so from episode title. one, where it all started, <laughs> up to the latest episode with uh, Gil, master of, con- of uh, influencer marketing, Ayal, they're all up now on YouTube as well. And you can watch them, subscribe to them on YouTube, leave your comments. Sweet. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. So I cool. said it was a surprise. Yeah. I'm, su- I'm surprised. And also, I want us to give you another surprise. If you sign up to our mailing list, which you can do on the website as we speak, you're going to get five emails. Each email is like a little Easter egg blossoming in the world. 
and you can uh, get a glimpse of what those emails are, but only if you sign up. Cool. All right. So have a good one, guys. Uh, have fun. I don't. I don't know what they're. I stole it from you. All right, let uh, Roy go. Go, Roy. No, no, you do. You said it last time. I just want to say bye. Oh,